a young perspective on hot-button issues around the world. This is The Hub. Hello and a very warm welcome to the program. This week, Asia has taken center stage in global diplomacy. We had the G20 summit concluding in Bali, Indonesia on Wednesday. And on Friday, leaders of the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, or APAC, are meeting in Bangkok, Thailand. How are the media looking at these engagements, especially the media outlets from the developing economies? And why is it important to have diverse perspectives? Now, journalists from three different countries share their thoughts and concerns with me. My guests today are Hoda Al-Masri, Deputy Editor-in-Chief of the Rosal Youssef Magazine in Egypt. Also joining us is Amir Saeed from Radio Pakistan. They're based in Beijing, China. And we also have with us two Chinese journalists. Wang Chong is with the Global Times, who is covering the G20 from the front line in Bali, Indonesia. And also we have with us Li Fangfang with Beijing Review Weekly. A very warm welcome to all of you. Now, Wang Chong, let me start with you. You're in Bali, Indonesia. Tell us what did you hear, uh, what did you see over the years? It's quite an event. Hi, greetings from uh, Indonesia. Well, I will tell you it's been uh, exciting, but also hectic. Uh, because the G20 hasn't been held in uh, in person for uh, this uh, for two years before, and uh, you know personally I haven't gone out of the country to cover uh, big events like this for three years, so it's quite an exciting time. So I want to make uh, three observations, and the first is there's uh, really no substitute for uh, in-person, face-to-face interactions. Uh, like this in G20 in Indonesia. Uh, that is true both for journalists and for world leaders. Uh, on Monday night, that's what uh, President Xi and President Biden said when they meet uh, in their high stakes meeting. And that uh, struck a constructive tone from that uh, meeting set the stage for the G20 here. And I think uh, that when the world is uh, wondering what's happening and all the uh, thousands of thousands of words printed about the geopolitical tensions, about major power rivalry, uh, everybody's wondering what's going to happen. And I think when people see world leaders are sitting down, talking to each other, ha- uh, shaking hands, I think that is exactly the scene uh, that everybody wants to see during these times of uh, turmoil, uh, both in terms of diplomatic relations and and a economic downturn. And that brings up uh, brings my uh, second point, uh, the Indonesia presidency, and uh, even broader, the Asian moment, as many have pointed out. The Indonesia government has done a tremendous job uh, what has been said to be a most difficult G20 summit now is very uh, successful, smooth. Of course, there are a lot of divisions, tensions, and uh, disputes. However, what I've seen over the last couple of days, uh, I think the talks, the communications, the exchanges have been very positive. So I think it, it is in a very good example for uh, what's coming uh, in the next few days um, in terms of multilateral meetings, the APAC. So Asian, Asian moment is very real and Indonesia is setting an example. And that brings up uh, another uh, point that, you know, these uh, G20, I think if I were to make a prediction, uh, it would be a very crucial moment for the Asian countries and a broader uh, middle power or developing countries, uh, their rise in global uh, in global standing. 
because we know what's happening around the world with being mired in economic crisis and the geopolitical tensions. And at this mm -hmm. moment, in this world, uh, these countries, Indonesia and other emerging market uh, countries are standing up to uh, tackle global issues. And the last is the spotlight is very, very much on China's major country diplomacy. Egypt is a power to be yeah. reckoned with. It's yes. such okay. an important country in the yes. Arab world. It just held, uh, hosted uh, COP27, a very important climate change event. How are you, yes. as an Egyptian journalist, covering the G20 and the upcoming APAC? Uh, we interested mm -hmm. in uh, political issues. So it was very great uh, opportunity to uh, share in this major uh, political event in China. It's a very uh, important uh, uh, not only uh, at the level of China, but also in, at the level of the whole world, uh, how China can, in uh, pe short period, make many achievements. We have uh, a vision to know more about this Greek country. For me and for my uh, for my colleagues also, as we I said, very lucky to be a part uh, of this event and to and, uh, transfer what is happening in this historical moment to our countries. It's like a dream for me. We know that Pakistan's uh, all-weather uh, brother of China. We've been talking about the all-weather fraternity between China and Pakistan. Uh, but let's talk about G20 and APAC. There's so many angles to approach to cover these meetings. There's the Western <laughs> angle that, that is focusing largely on Joe Biden and the Western leaders and the war in Ukraine. I'm wondering, what is the Pakistani angle regarding the coverage of G20 as well as APAC? Uh, yes, um, when it comes to Pakistan and uh, uh, when it comes to China, we have historical relations and uh, every time, uh, because I'm a journalist and uh, people in my country, always, they are always eager to know about uh, the China and uh, all the developments uh, when it comes to the international relations, international ties, and all the developments. So definitely it is very important for the people of Pakistan about all the developments, all the meetings, and the dialogues, all the happenings mm -hmm. at the G20. Uh, because uh, after a long time, this is the first time, and uh, as uh, my colleague, Mr. Bang, said that this, this is the first in-person interaction between the great leaders, the leaders of uh, countries who are leading the world. This is a good sign for both of the countries that their leaders and uh, when it comes to the members of G20, they have their own importance, they have uh, their own significance of uh, their decisions and their vision uh, for the rest of the world. It is the vision for the betterment of the world, for the betterment of future. And uh, this is the first time when President Xi is meeting with uh, President Joe Biden after uh, his election, when he elected as the President of the United States of America. And this is going to, uh, at least I can say, this is the guard rail of the active diplomatic ties between uh, China and US and definitely all the neighboring countries including Pakistan and we uh, are the all weather friends. We are also looking keenly and observing all the developments 
and definitely it is going but to speaking of china health. pakistan uh, we understand that uh, prime minister shabazz sharif just got diagnosed uh, positive for covid-19 test do you know how is he doing how is he recovering yes definitely uh, he he has came um, back from uh, a visit and now he is feeling uh, much better uh, unfortunately he got the uh, covid-19 infection and now he is doing good all the prayers and thoughts are with him and um, hoping for a quick recovery uh, fang fang how are you it's good to see you again i mean we were talking about uh, the fact that uh, beijing review magazine is not just a magazine but a social media content creator with its um, subsidiary brand the pacific dialogue uh, you guys are doing an amazing job how are you covering the g20 and the upcoming apec Oh, thank you for inviting me to this discussion. Uh, let me first say something about me. Um, I come from Xinjiang and have covered the regional topics for several years. It's not surprising to me that President Biden raised his concern about human rights conditions in Xinjiang during his meeting with President Xi this week. Each time there is a meeting with Western leaders, they all say the same thing: "It's either Xinjiang or Hong Kong or Tibet or Taiwan." I would like them to talk to me too, since I'm also from Xinjiang. I'm not a Uyghur, but my grandparents are among the pioneers who went there, built roads and hospitals. You know, China is a multi-ethnic country, and in Xinjiang, you can find all the ethnic minorities of China. So,、um, why do you think of just one community when you think of place in China, and why do you ignore the others? Wang Chong, let me turn back to you. I understand that you're flying to Bangkok, Thailand,、uh, soon this afternoon to cover APEC.、Um, China is a key player、uh, for APEC,、uh, where President Xi is、uh, expected to lay out his vision for a community of、um, a common destiny of a shared future for Asia Pacific. What do you think would be China's contribution to APEC this time around? Well, I think、uh, China has been playing a greater and greater role in terms of regional and even、uh, global economic development, and that is exactly what、uh, China wants to focus and what regional、uh, countries and members of the APEC、uh, wants to focus on. G20,、uh, the APEC、uh, faces similar, you know, some similar. Uh, difficulties as the G20 does because some of the members in、uh, the APEC also、uh, have disputes, in、uh, including economic disputes. For example, the U.S. has waged a trade war, and also there are regional tensions. It is trying to,、uh, you know, create division. However, APEC, different from、uh, G20, as the name suggests, focus really on economic issues. Its members are not、uh, countries but economies. Uh, so uh, there is a, a more focus on economic development, and I think from China's point of view, China is the largest trading partner for many of these countries. And this time around, I think there's a lot of focus on new energy, green development, and digital transformation.、Uh, and I think that is what China will present to the APEC economies in the informal meeting in Thailand. And that is the future of the. Global and regional development too. I think. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on what's coming out of the APEC、uh, meetings between not just countries but economies as well as you、uh, correctly mentioned.、Uh, Hold on, let me turn to you. There's、um, has been quite some synergy between Egypt and APEC. Yes.、Uh, talk to us about、okay. the relations between、e、Egypt, a、uh, very important、uh, player in North Africa in the Arab world, and APEC. Yes. Okay. 
I want to see that uh, EBEC summit this year uh, give us as a developing country a great hope and uh, restore the confidence and that refers that uh, uh, economic growth will uh, contain after COVID-19. Uh, the importance of uh, this summit this year uh, is not due to uh, the topic on its agenda uh, as much as to uh, the, uh, what is happening uh, in the, on the sidelines. The Asia-Pacific region it's, uh, represented uh, about 1600% uh, of uh, global output and uh, all over the world will follow uh, Asia uh, wherever uh, it goes in the future. So I think that Egypt my country, Egypt, uh, it's important to, uh, to Egypt to develop the uh, relationship and partnership with this great economic uh, grouping. And uh, there is many opportunities in uh, South Canal area uh, to commerce, trade, investment, and the government, uh, Egyptian government welcomes and offer many facilities in this uh, regard. Amir, there are so many things uh, that, is, that are important for Pakistan. For example, the CPAC, right? Uh, that is not without controversy uh, from the perspective of the Western news outlets and even some, uh, you know, uh, Baluchi nationalists uh, within Pakistan. But I assume the largest, uh, you know, the big chunk of Pakistani society um, are really seeing the merits of projects like CPAC. Um, how do you hope APAC can uh, for countries um, like Pakistan? Uh, yes, definitely. Now, when it comes to uh, Belt and uh, Road Initiative and vision of uh, uh, working together for the betterment, for the better future of uh, President Xi, it is CPAC is the practical demonstration of uh, President Xi's version of uh, betterment and better uh, future working uh, together. And uh, CPAC uh is an integral part uh, of uh, pakistan's development so uh, as you told that uh, there are some elements uh, which are propagating some negativities some negative agenda against uh, china pakistan economic corridor but it is playing a vital role it it has already completed a lot of projects uh, which includes uh, the gawadar uh, dry port the seaport and the special economic zones and uh, different uh, roads have been already constructed and they are providing better connectivity to the people of Pakistan. So most of uh, the uh, people who are actually experiencing uh, the better connectivity, the uh, sweet fruits of CPAC, they know the importance of uh, this uh, trade uh, cooperation between China and Pakistan. And definitely when it comes to uh, Asia-Pacific economic cooperation all the countries uh, they are the asian countries and uh, china uh, is uh, actually sharing the expertise when it comes to economy when it, when it comes to the poverty um, elimination and all the economic uh, experiences which china has gained in the recent past and when it comes to the economy all the countries uh, they are having these kind of platforms to help each other and uh, when it comes to pakistan pakistan has already joined these initiatives and uh, people in my country they have witnessed that this cooperation in the form of a cpac uh, this is mm -hmm. going to be very important 
And uh, I think the key decisive factor in the economy and infrastructure development of Pakistan. For sure, for sure. Um, it's very promising, uh, although there have been a whole lot of challenges as well. Uh, Fang Fang, Chinese diplomacy is in full swing. Uh, we've seen the Chinese president uh, having sideline meetings, attending the summits in Indonesia and in APAC. What is the significance of the Chinese president's visits? You know, even before the G20 summit started, people were talking about how President Xi was finally going to have a face-to-face -face meeting with President Biden. And then the media talked about this meeting with French president. It will probably, I think, the same for APEC. You know, this indicates people have recognized China's importance. Also, we have to remember, in September, President Xi visited two Central Asian countries and attended the SEO summit in Samarkand. That was his first trip abroad since the epidemic outbreak. Um, from Central Asia to Southeastern Asia in one year, our leaders' footprints have shown how China cherishes its neighbors and partners. I think that's also echoed uh, Mr. Saeed's um, remarks. You know, Wang Chong, China has emerged as a leader for global development. Uh, it is a de facto leader for global development. If you look at um, uh, its contribution to peacekeeping, to public health, to security, vaccination of the world, especially the developing countries. How do you look at China's you know, activism during the COVID-19 pandemic and this role uh, for global public health, among other things? Well, that kind of leads to where we are today, right? And where we are today is that the rise of China in terms of leadership, especially in the fields of development and peace. Uh, and I think that is very, very palpable uh, here in Bali on the G20 sidelines meetings, uh, all of the bilateral meetings. I mean, those are including our close partners and some of the Western countries uh, which, with which uh, there have been some tensions. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, you, I can feel that the focus, the attention that given to China and given specifically to President Xi's uh, activities, speeches, and, you know, uh, there are a lot of talks about uh, President Xi's meetings here, and most of them, if you go back to read the readouts, uh, focus on peace and development. And that is exactly what China's uh, vision for diplomacy, major country diplomacy. We're not talking about dominance here. We're not talking about, you know, interfering in other countries' internal affairs. China's vision is uh, a peaceful, respectful, and responsible leadership. Uh, global leadership, and that is winning hearts and minds around the world. And over the past three years, when the world faces difficult, uh, difficult, most difficult uh, time, I think China played a huge role in terms of economic recovery, in terms of efforts against the COVID pandemic. So I, I think a lot of the countries, uh, both in Asia Pacific and from around the world, both uh, Western advanced countries and developing and the least developing countries are increasingly looking toward China for leadership. And in that, they're seeking for uh, mutual respect and mutually beneficial win-win uh, cooperation. Yeah, that really leads to my next question about uh, how China is covered, uh, how China is perceived uh, from the eyes of uh, journalists. Um, Hoda, let me turn to you. Uh, we know there has yes. been a whole uh, wide spectrum when it comes to the coverage of China from uh, very critical um, coverage that is resorting to sensationalism to um, more nuanced and balanced uh, views about what China is all about these days. Um, how are you, as a reporter from Egypt, cover Chinese politics and society? 
um, you know, considering what's happening here, the National Congress of the CPC, among other things. Uh, I wanted to say that the third uh, visit uh, uh, for me in China, every visit, oh, uh, in, uh, every visit I note that China will change a more uh, big progress uh, in every different fields. Uh, not only uh, economic and technology and everything. Uh, we wrote many articles about many fields. Uh, we uh, visit many uh, provinces in China and uh, wrote about it. And uh, the most important thing for me was how China combats the poverty because uh, uh, we are as a developing country interested in Chinese experience in this field. It was uh, a miracle for us how uh, this country with this big population to solve this big problem when the world, our world, faced this problem. And uh, I, I, I can't see any country solve this uh, problem uh, such as China. <coughs> I, I wrote about the technology in China. Uh, China mm. now uh, uh, invent many technologies and uh, about uh, also uh, political events we uh, attend, uh, like uh, CBC, uh, we was uh, we were a part of this event, and we very happy to uh, participate and to to hear what uh, the president Xi uh, speak about the uh, communist party achievement uh, during the ten years. is very uh, it was great opportunity for us as journalists from uh, many countries. Yeah, Amir from Pakistan, how have you reported and covered uh, the 20th National Congress of the CPC and the Chinese politics to your viewers and readers? I would like to answer uh, a question that you have asked uh, to Huda as well about my experience before coming to China, what I was learning, mm -hmm. what I was thinking, and what was the propaganda and uh, uh, being propagated mm -hmm. on different uh, like uh, media platforms. Uh, so when I was coming to China, before coming to China, there was, uh, you know, uh, in the recent two or three years, uh, there are some COVID restrictions over here because of the pandemic. And uh, all around, all over the, the social media, there were uh, some negative news uh, uh, about China uh, because, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the COVID SOPs uh, and all the restrictions uh, which I have, uh, the, after coming uh, to uh, China, I have experienced um, all those SOPs by myself. Okay, so I had uh, some different kind of feelings before coming to China. But when I came over here, I have experienced and uh, I have seen all the, the involvement over here uh, by myself. Uh, before the CPC 20, uh, 20th uh, CPC National Congress, uh, I came here uh, in Beijing and I have experienced and uh, I have learned about the dynamic uh, zero COVID policy of China. And I have uh, learned about all the reasons and all uh, the actual points behind uh, dynamic COVID uh, policy of China. And the reasons uh, over here, um, which mm -hmm. I have learned and I have experienced is the biggest population and the vision of a Chinese uh, lawmakers, Chinese government is uh, to save the people of China uh, from the infections, 
and to control. You know, our people are very. I have learned after coming over here that people, this country is for the people, and people are very important for the government. So they have this uh, uh, covered dynamic policy, and uh, coming towards uh, the development, uh, coming towards all the infrastructure, I have now got the first-hand experience. So I can say that I have cleared a lot of uh, the questions which were in my mind. And about 20th National CPC Congress, it was a lifetime experience for me, and I'm going to remember it till my uh, I can till my life. So, uh, like I felt very important when uh, I, I entered to the great uh, hall <clears throat> and uh, on uh, the opening session of uh, 20th National CPC uh, Congress, and I felt like I was one of those important persons who were witnessing the, uh, that historic day. So it was a continuous, continuous learning yeah. for <clears throat> during all the CPC Congress. <clears throat> and President Xi presented uh, the report about the uh, last five years. I, I was mm. uh, really impressed uh, about all those uh, points which were achieved uh, during the past five years, especially uh, when uh, I came to know about the poverty elimination. When I came about, I came to know about uh, the economic development and per capita income, GDP, all the facts. And parallel to this, uh, we had we visited different provinces, as Hoda told. We visited different places in China, and all the words uh, which were being said by President Xi during uh, his report at 20th mm -hmm. uh, CPC National Congress, uh, they were. Actually, uh, we have all we had already experienced those uh, those developments. So, all those days uh, which we witnessed, we, which we observed, and uh, all the press conferences presented by different representatives of the provinces, uh, they were very uh, impressive for me. Every representative of uh, the province, they were coming to present uh, their vision. They were coming with a report that what they have done in the uh, past five years and what they are going to do in the next five years. And they were right, telling exactly. about all the qualities and specialities of their provinces. So this, so this is the main point which has impressed me a lot. I'm so glad you're uh, liking it. And hopefully you'll take all these memories uh, back to Pakistan one day. Thank you so much, um, Wang Tsung. Thank you, bro. As always, um, uh, good trips to Thailand. Um, and Amir, thank you, my friend. Uh, Hoda, thank you for joining us at this hour. And Fang Fang, yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank Come you. back again. Thank you. Thank you so much. That will do it for this edition of The Hub on CGTN. I'm Wang Guan in Beijing. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll see you again soon. And our news coverage continues on CGTN.